Rush is back. Hour number two. Teddy Lehman here. Tyler McComas. Tough Monday. Uh, trying to process what all went on over the weekend. Been living on the moon for the last, uh, what, 15 or so hours. I don't know. Maybe more than that. Yeah. Um, Coach Gundy. You always live on the moon, though, if we're being honest. Mm, guilty. Guilty as charged. Yeah. Um, I don't know. You know, it's interesting – the initial statement by Gundy, followed by the the response by Venables, the the accepting of the uh, resignation, and then you know it's interesting the the second statement put out by Venables today, um, a little more a little more information in there, a little more pointed. Um, I think maybe they got a sense that the narrative was was I, I I don't know I not that the whole story wasn't being told but there there is a little more nuance here than than what we've all been kind of trying to chew on for the last um, you know however long since since we learned about it last night right so. Um, there's there's a lot of nuance, and not that it really necessarily changes what what should have ultimately happened with with Coach Gundy, but the nuance still does like just change how the whole situation is viewed. Um, who do you think eventually made this call? Uh, do you think it was Kale Gundy's ultimate decision? Do you think it was Brent Venable's ultimate decision? Or do you think it was someone in the administration's ultimate decision to tell Kel Gundy to go ahead and step down? I don't know. I, I think What's your hunch? My, I think my hunch is probably that it was a maybe a combination of all of those. I think that there's no doubt that the administration was definitely involved heavily in, in what all went down. Um, there's no doubt that Venables was heavily involved with what went down and there's no doubt that Gundy, uh, was involved. So uh, it probably was, you know, it probably took a little bit of time to try and, uh, process what exactly went down and and as you process it more and more and you take a look at the the impacts and like what it all means and how it can affect the team the locker room and all the different aspects of what you're trying to do there and uh you know your principles and the 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 you know for lack of a better term or phrase the mission statement of of what coach Venables is trying to do there it as you you talk about it more and more, the the answer maybe just becomes obvious to everyone involved. Yeah, um, I, I was interested in what the vibe was going to be at practice today because today was the first day that the media was allowed to, you know, go out and see the team, whatever. And I don't think that they had any post practice availability with the players or the coaches. But Parker said that the vibe was normal. And I don't know if we should, you know, necessarily take anything out of that. 
But with the news being so fresh, it's the biggest story in college football today, I, I would argue. Well, yeah, and, you know, it, don't I always say, Tyler, that Oklahoma is the center of the sports world? Yes, when are people going to start to listen? You always got to say that. I thought about that this morning when I was driving down to Windstar World Casino. I said, God, Teddy's going to say, see, I told you, I always tell you, center of the sports universe. But I, I did find it interesting that practice was just normal, and I understand that when you're in between the lines, it's kind of a different mentality, whatever. But whereas it feels like the entire world is catering on social media and practice, it sounded like it was eh, just kind of business as usual. Yeah, not surprising. Uh, you know, with, with a a small little glimpse before practice, and I don't know how long they're able to stay. Usually, some pre-practice stuff through stretch and. Maybe a little bit of the other other stuff, and I don't know. Maybe they're they're able to stay longer now, but um, yeah, it's not shocking. Everyone's got to go out there and and focus. You got a job to do. You've got you got a practice script to put together. If you're the coaching staff, you've got uh, the different drills and focus of your individual period. You know, as players, you know, there's already. <laughs> There's already tons of stuff to try and process at the moment. Uh, you're just absolutely swimming with information. So, yeah, it's not a shock that they're not wearing it on their faces and and with their energy as they're gearing up for a for a tough practice, a training camp practice. Yeah. So it's uh, whew, buddy. It's it's been a day, and uh, I know that this is uh, is this going to be the big story until we kick things off in in a few weeks. Yeah, uh, it, it, it doesn't feel like this is going to die down anytime soon. And I think that that would be the case if it was, I don't know, name any other assistant on the staff that just got here seven, eight months ago. But this is Kale Gundy, the longest tenured staff member that OU's had. I, I think, yeah, man, this will continue to be a story until OU plays UTEP, essentially. Right. Um Yeah, I th- I don't know. You know, it's interesting. It depends on how this how this process kind of unfolds. You know, um, what is you know? There's going to have to be some public availability back and forth between Venables and the media. We'll see what happens with that. If there's there's any more, um, you know information that that is is thrown into light um you know we'll see what what coach gundy does you know like if he if he does a availability and talks to anyone or you know has a moment to share his side of the story you know maybe he's interested in that maybe he's not i i feel like i feel like some of this is going to fade pretty quickly as as different things happen throughout uh, the country, college football, NFL football, but you know, I do believe that the first couple of availabilities, media-wise, whenever they start having those exchanges, it's going to be a pressing comment, and they're going to be asking players and coaches and assistants uh, about about what went down, what do they think about what went down, and was the right decision made, and you know, maybe even Josie has as some type of of comment on the on the matter. So, I mean, some of that stuff is going to linger here for a little bit, but you know, I I don't know that 
that it's going to be all that drama filled for much longer. I could be totally wrong. I think it just matters uh, on what the approach is by all the different parties. Yeah, Air Cover Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. Knowing what we know about Brent Venables, it's hard to imagine that he wouldn't have stepped in and tried to keep Kale on board in some capacity. This has to be an administrative decision. I think if you believe that, then you believe that Brent Venables thinks, and, and maybe I'm taking this out of context a little bit, but when I read that, I think, well, that, that almost makes me believe that the person thinks that Kale was, you know, bigger than anyone else on the staff. And as we know, that's not Brent Venable's mentality. Like, everyone is kind of equal on the staff, whether you're an, a, an assistant or you're on the back end of a two-deep. So, I, I, I mean, Brent Venables was looking out for the entire program here. I don't think just specifically trying to keep Kale around on, on this whole deal. Yeah, well, I don't I – don't. I, I don't know. I mean, obviously he's sympathetic to him, but he says all the time, "Best is the standard." Like, he, I mean, you know what all he says. I don't. I, I, I don't know. Well, no, you're right. You're right for sure. But you know, I also don't find it like like if I'm going to push back on that statement there. And again, I don't know. And I still believe it's it was probably something that was you know, ended up being reached by all parties and it wasn't any one person's decision. Um, but I, what you say is true, but also I, best is the standard, but I don't expect Coach Venables to to not have any um, uh, discretion on how he handles certain situations and sure. give guys a, a second chance or recognize that this was a mistake and feel really good about being able to move on with it and, and help out whoever that individual might be. You know, some things warrant a second chance. Others don't, you know, I, it's not all equal, but I don't know. Like, I don't know the process here. I just don't. Yeah, all right, let, let's rifle through as uh, many texts as we can before we hit a break. Shane from Newcastle, heartbroken, y'all. It was the right move, but, man, uh, this one says at least we didn't have any arrest over the summer. Don't be jinxing anything because it's still technically the summer. I know it's training camp, but season's not here just yet. Yeah. I mean, we need to parlay this into, into something else. Uh, people can and will spin this Kale Gundy thing to fit some agenda. This situation should have been used as a lesson for a life-teaching moment. The slang most likely uttered is not acceptable. However, it is regularly used by certain individuals because of their culture and upbringing. When will this become unacceptable? When will what become un- unacceptable? I think I guess- now is the answer to that because – Coach Gundy, who's been around OU program for 30 years, has resigned because of it. I mean, that that doesn't it show you that it's become unaccept, un, unacceptable? I, I, maybe I'm maybe I'm not processing that properly. It's sad. Seems all are in, in agreement that Kale made a mistake and can't apologize and move on. Who objects? Are we so soft and woke? A man can't make a mistake and sincerely apologize. Too woke for me. I'm done giving my money to OU. Well, 
Well, that's your decision, number one. And that's just how it is. I, I, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. That's just that's just where we are. It's where we are. So, right. I see your complaint. It's noted, but I'm just telling you, like, this is this is where we are. Yeah, one hundred percent. You you feel like um I, I look, we we've been talking about this all day today. Like not just our shows, but really since we've been on the air at six AM. There was a coach's AP poll or a coach's poll, I should say, that was released earlier today. Do you have any interest at all in just at least taking a peek on that or we we got to be on uh, on this whole Kale Gundy thing the whole whole day. Can we actually talk some like what the season's going to look like? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Fire I'm at down. will. I mean, I'm down. I, we we could do it next segment. I mean, okay. we'll, we'll still read off the text four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine. But I I get the coaches poll doesn't matter, but it's at least you know something to look at. And some coach out there voted Texas number one. I'm gonna guess it was Lane Kiffin. At least I hope it was Lane Kiffin. We all know who voted Texas number one. Come on, man. That was Nick Saban. <laughs> Seriously, probably. Yeah, that was Nick Saban. Uh, probably he's, was. He's trying, to motivate his, he's trying to motivate his team. He's trying to get Texas uh, ranked as high as possible for that that second um, – I almost called it preseason game, which is probably what it's going to look like. But that second non-conference game – Trying to get everyone out there believing in Texas, get him ranked higher, and get his team feeling like they're about to go into a hornet's nest. That's probably bo- look, look right there. Voted uh, number one team in the country. Like you don't have to say that it was you that did that, right? You just say that some people <laughs> out there think they're the best two? in the country. No, 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 no. I don't think so. Had them unranked. Uh yeah, they're unranked. Which, you know, it's amazing looking at some of these. And I, the coaches put it together. Like, really, a lot of it is is about what you would expect except for the Texas A&M situation. I don't get it. Just don't get it. It's wild to me. I don't, I don't know, like, where that's – what that is, is based off of. A recruiting class? <laughs> I mean – it's odd. Yeah. All right. Very odd. But, yeah. yeah. Are you, what we'll, do you we'll think about OU at nine? You... Well, uh, well, we'll hit it next segment. How okay. about that? Hit a break. Get it next segment. All right. Quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll hit the AP coaches top 25 next. It is the rush on the ref. Live on the home of Sooner fans, Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. I'm at Windstar World Casino today where they have over 10 thousand games how about that ten thousand games these were added in an expansion to their rome gaming plaza uh the expanded portion of the rome gaming plaza is non-smoking which i know is important to a lot of you and the expanded portion also includes a new restaurant and a new bar so they got a lot of construction going on at windstar because they're building a whole lot of new things i was at the golf course today had a really good time. So uh, on your trip to Dallas, on your trip to Fort Worth to see OU take on TCU, be sure to stop by at uh, Windstar World Casino on your way down and on your way back as well. Uh, Dimitri Flowers tweeted out this earlier today. A man that took me into his home and became a second father to me, a great coach and even better person, 
You always have my respect at OU Coach Gundy. But we teased it before the break. The coaches poll is out. 25 to 20. You got Houston at 25, Ole Miss at 24, Arkansas at 23, Cincinnati at 22, Kentucky at 21. Anything stick out from uh, 21 to 25 on that list? Um, no, not really. A little bit of disrespect there for Cincinnati, who made the college football playoff last year. A little bit of disrespect for Kentucky, who's got their quarterback back and has uh, been playing really good football. Uh, won 10 games last year. What they finished? They finished second in the uh, in the East. Did a really good job. Um, but everyone else, I think, is yeah, is about right. Houston don't know much about Houston coming back. Supposed to have a really good. Yeah, defense, there's though. a thought. Yeah, there's a thought they're going to have a really good defense this year. I was reading an article of. Um, it was the the like projecting the top ten defenses in college football this year, and Houston was like at eight, and maybe they do. Uh, I'm not super familiar with their personnel. It's just I, I guess it's hard for me to believe that Dana Holgerson of all people is going to have a top ten defense this year. Well, yeah, that was my I mean, hangout. That that's that's a good point. Um, you know, you just get the right mix of talent there, and who knows what you can put out. But I, I'm kind of in the same boat as you. I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. Uh, 20 to 16. Wisconsin is at 20. Wake Forest is at 19. Texas is at 18. And they got a first place vote. Miami is at 17. And Pitt is at 16. Any uh, massive takeaways other than some uh, head coach voted Texas number one? Yeah, I will take Wisconsin over all of those teams so (laughs) if if you want take wisconsin from number 20 and move them up to uh number 16 where where Pitt is right now i would be i would be fine with. and i would actually move them higher than the next couple of teams there too i would probably end up looking at this i'd probably end up with uh wisconsin at like number 13 yeah Pitt lost uh the best wide receiver they've had since larry fitzgerald and maybe the best quarterback they've had since Dan Marino. Pitt's a nice program, but they don't just reload at those two positions. That's right. I think they're a little bit overrated at 16. Jay, and, just my opinion there. And, and also their offensive coordinator as well. Yes. Whipple, as you like to say. Yep. At uh, number 15, the USC Trojans. My God. At number 14, you got Michigan State. At number 13, you got North Carolina State. Oregon at 12 and Oklahoma State at 11. It's ridiculous that USC is preseason ranked in the top 15, but none of us are surprised, right? Right, That's right. Um, I'll go back to it. Wisconsin is at number 20, and I think that Wisconsin probably will have statistically the number one defense in the country this year. Now, Talent-wise, it's going to be Alabama. We'll just, you know, we'll see where the statistics fall. But, like, statistically, I think it's probably going to be Wisconsin. They're definitely going to be in in the top three. Uh, So, I would put them pretty much ahead of almost everyone that I've seen so far on this list. Um, Blatant disrespect. And, okay, you can say that maybe it's, it's the quarterback situation, but... You know, talk to me about quarterback at a lot of these different spots, you know. Um, 
USC is is a four and eight team last year. They're trying to install a new system. I understand that they've got a bunch of guys transferring in. That's not necessarily a good thing, right? Um, right. I mean, it's 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 a lot of wishful thinking for everything to just all of a sudden fall in line for the University of Southern Cal. It's you know USC has the exact same argument against it being ranked high as Texas being on this list at 18. Yeah. It's like, okay, Texas has Quinn Ewers, who might be a good quarterback. Might is the key word there. But they've got a really good running back, and I think that they've got a wide receiver, Xavier Worthy, that's good. Like, Texas might have three to four really good offensive players. You need more than three to four really good offensive players to be a good football team. It's the same thing when I look at USC. Caleb Williams might have a better year than last year, but last year wasn't perfect. Mario Williams might have a really good year. Travis Dye is a good running back for Oregon. Both of those two teams are very similar to me, man. They've got three or four pretty good, really good offensive players, but their O-lines as they stand right now are average, and their defenses are horrible. It's just no no one wants to look at the entirety of a football team. They just want to look at how good you are at the skill positions to that's why Wisconsin is ranked all the way down at what twenty and you've got USC and Texas at eighteen and fifteen. I guarantee you, Wisconsin would kick both of those teams ass if they played in week one. And it wouldn't even be close. I tend to agree with that. You know, here's another interesting thing about USC. You know, if you if you look at Lincoln Riley's offense and what really made it tick at OU, it was offensive line. And what he does in in his running game is is not standard offensive line play and how it's blocked. It's it's a little bit different. Some of the the bread and butter runs are the the counter OT or GT is a little bit different, right? He's got a a new offensive line coach that's never been with him before teaching the system to a bunch of offensive linemen who none of them have ever played in it before. It's it, it's not a good mix for year 1. And I know that they've had yeah. I think they had a couple of transfers in at the the tackle spot and you know they've they've tried to bolster some talent there but you know it, there's going to be a pretty large learning curve for everyone involved there Baylor was at 10 Oklahoma was at or is at 9 Utah at 8 A&M at 7 Michigan at 6 and then you got Notre Dame at 5 Clemson at 4 Georgia at 3 Ohio State at 2 Bam at 1 OU at nine. I mean, it's fine, I guess. I still, I still, for the life of me, don't understand how preseason rankings or not, you can rank A and M in front of Oklahoma. And I realized OU wasn't. You know, they definitely had their flaws as a football team last year, but those same flaws that OU had, A and M had those flaws as well. And A and M lost twice as many games as OU did last year. So I. I don't know. Uh, nine's fine, Teddy. I would at least put them at eight here because there's no way A&M deserves to be ranked preseason top seven. And I still don't know where that all this hype is coming from. Yeah, well, th- these are not serious people. And I know this is the, quote, coaches poll. And I don't know, I, you know, I don't know how 
interested they actually are in this thing or who puts it together. I don't know how that works, but Texas A&M is not the seventh best team in the country. I would just pluck A&M out and put them back at like number 20 or so and you know move move Utah up to 7 and move Oklahoma up to 8 and I'm, I think that's about right. Yeah. I mean yeah, I, I, mean, I probably you wouldn't put have OU Michigan and 8 and you can but... Yeah, I wouldn't have Michigan either. They got a quarterback battle that they're going to have to to figure out. I definitely think that Michigan's going to take a Somewhat of a step back. I, I still think they're going to run the ball and play good defense, so it doesn't have to be a major step back. But I think OU at eight or seven is probably just about right for right now. Now, I'm picking to go to the playoff, but I think for a preseason ranking, the way that they do it, you yeah. I, it's, it's hard to it's justify because we've got a lot of unknowns ourselves. I mean, you, you, you just, you know, you've got a feeling on how it's going to unfold, but there still are some unknowns, and we've got to see how it all. Uh, plays out exactly but it's hard to it's hard to justify putting Oklahoma in front of uh, the teams on this list that they like I I could I could justify putting them in front of Utah perhaps Um, but you know Michigan it would be tough Notre Dame Clemson like once you get into like the top five you can't you can't make much of a case for putting Oklahoma inside the top five you can't do it yeah. Now, in front yeah. of Michigan, yeah, yeah, you can make a case there. Definitely in front of A&M and, and Utah, you can make a case. So I, I would have them anywhere from, you know, six to eight or so. A uh, few texts before we hit a break. Aggies got those five-star recruits out the wazoo. That's why they're ranked way too high. Well, that just that proves the entire point, right, is you're going to rank them in the top seven Based on uh, 25 guys, Teddy. Actually, they had, I think they had more in that class. But basically 25 guys who've never taken a snap in college football before. It proves the point that it's a, it's a crappy ranking for A&M. Yeah. Well, you know, they've, they've recruited really well uh, recently. And what did it get them last year? Unranked at the end of the season. So, you know, an unserious poll put together by unserious people. Yeah, USC at 15 are these recruiting rankings. That's about where they are in the uh, recruiting rankings right now. Which, by and the old way, buddy, if Malachi Nelson decommits, it could get a whole lot worse. Right. I was going to ask you, has there been any more developments in that situation? Uh, well, did you see the uh, Instagram pics that came out this weekend from his visits in the uh, white A&M uniform with the cowboy hat on? No, how's it look? Is it on his uh, hashtag new profile pic? Uh, I think it is his hashtag new profile pic, actually, which says everything we need to know in 2022. I'm just saying, uh, keep an eye on the situation. Don't let – hey, Lincoln, don't have a bad year out there at USC and your offense looks uh, similar as to what it did last year. Don't do it. Hmm. Malachi and your entire top half of your recruiting class might be uh, signing with Texas A&M or somewhere else. Oh, they're just – this is how – this is no different than Kyler Murray scrubbing his Instagram of all Arizona Cardinals. You're just looking for a bigger contract, right? This is how it works. <laughs> well, he, he, might, he might get it. It's a pretty good way to go yeah. about it. This is, how, um, this is I, a new thing. Few text. With deep thought, if OU doesn't suspend the player – 
who had the rep that Coach Gundy read, I'm guessing that means rap, who had the rap that right. Coach Gundy read, then maybe Coach V should resign now. Wow, guys, really? Mm. We're, go- we're going here now? Yeah. Seriously? Yeah, it's just not – It's that's not right. That's not right. It's not how this thing works. Um, you've got to understand that. It's not how this thing works. Any more text? Um, yeah, Clemson too high, too early, 9-3 and three at best. Uh, would a David Hicks commitment stop the bleeding today? Yeah. Like, what do you – like yeah 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 yeah. I mean, it would be a, a much more positive feel if that were, that were to happen today. Yeah, but I don't like again. I don't think that Kale Gundy resigning all of a sudden means that this staff can't recruit again. He probably had one of the best resumes on the staff in terms of recruits that he's gotten over the years. But this staff is still very capable, and I still think that I put it as sixty percent chance last week that they end up with a top five class. I still think it's better than 50% that they end up with the top five class, even even without the guy. Well, here's the thing. I said, the text said, does it stop the bleeding? And I said yes, only to say that, which I, we're not bleeding, right? But only said yes to suggest that well, that's the attention span now. As soon as something else happens – it's squirrel and everyone's kind of on to the next thing. Like that's, that's why I, I said, yes, like I don't, we're not bleeding. Like it's not like recruiting is falling apart. Um, I think we'll be totally fine in the recruiting department. Does this give anyone that was maybe second guessing themselves a little bit, some wiggle room to maybe back out of something and not be like totally taken off of OU's board. Yeah, perhaps it does, but I, I still think Oklahoma is going to be just fine yeah. in recruiting, and just like you, I think the projection for their their recruiting class, in my opinion, and maybe I'll change this later, but it's unchanged. Someone just said, "I like squirrels," which yeah. is our cue that we got to take a break. That's where we're at. <laughs> Quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll hit a couple of things that caught my eye next. It is the rush on the ref, Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. We call this segment What Caught Teddy's Eye. Let's get to it. Story number one is. Which, first of all, quick shout-out to our friends over at Roof Tech. Former teammate of mine, Josh Tucker, runs the business over there, does a fantastic job. If uh, you need anyone to handle your roofing needs, give Roof Tech a call. Uh, It sounds like, Tyler, um, as this thing moves forward, the job is leaning more towards Baker Mayfield. Uh, The rumors are it is, quote, Mayfield's to lose. Hmm. I like to hear that, though. uh, It seems like the past six days, five, six days, when I've rolled through social media, the first day it was like, oh, God, Baker has clearly got some deficiencies throwing the ball. But since that day, it's, wow, Baker's slinging it today. Here's a great throw, and I get all excited. And then I scroll down, and three tweets down, it's, remember, your team's uh, your team's quarterback has looked the best that he's ever looked, is going to win the NF- uh, the MVP of the NFL this year, so I have to check myself a little bit. But it actually does sound like he's having a good camp and is, you know, clearly the best guy there. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I think, at least from what I read, like they like his – 
like maybe Darnold is a little bit more consistent, but Mayfield gives you way bigger opportunities for explosive plays and and pushing the ball downfield a little bit. Um, I thought this was funny. I guess the Tampa Bay Bucks social media is at work during training camp, and for one of their highlights of the day, they posted a play. Uh, you know, it was a pass by Kyle Trask. And the fans, the Buck fans, jumped on there, which, God, the sports fans are unbelievable. But I guess they started destroying Kyle Trask on there because the pass in the highlight was a duck, and they started hammering on him, and uh, Tampa Bay Bucks had to delete it from their social media. Jeez. (laughs) That's awful. And now everyone's made up their opinion on Kyle Trask that he's not going to be good in the league, right? Which may be true, but based on that one throw. No, he's horrible. Oh, and by the way, uh, Joe Namath's mink coat uh, that he's uh, famously worn for all those years is uh, about to go up on auction. How much would you bid for it? Um, I wouldn't bid anything, but I'm going huh. to guess it's going to roll for 80k. Wow, oh, God. higher? Uh, no, I mean I, that's probably about right. I just couldn't imagine dropping 80k on something like that. And then the last one I've got. Sad. You may be too young for this, but Olivia Newton John dead at 73. Um iconic Greece have you seen Greece you have I've seen Greece of course I've seen Greece yes okay I saw Greece in the 90s at least I have that yeah well it's not it wasn't recent or anything like that I I, I saw it back then Olivia Newton-John passed away peacefully at her ranch in Southern California this morning surrounded by family and friends uh 73 years old iconic man Greece yeah that's where it was all right, that's all yeah, I got. No, no doubt. All right, so ESPN has college football's position U for 2022. Yeah. Which schools produce the most talent at each position? For the third consecutive year, OU is QBU in college football. OU 1, USC 2, Oregon 3, Alabama 4, and Louisville 5. Like it, love it, hate it. Oregon 3? I was like, why is Alabama so low? All the way down to four? Really? Why is USC so high at Denver, too? Well, USC has continued. If we're going, like, off recent, if we're going all time, then okay. Yeah, I don't know what the the situation is They're counting players since 1998 is what they're doing. Oh, wow. So USC's still got a pretty good little run here. Oregon still seems way too high. Am I missing something? I agree. Um, no, I mean, their starting quarterback this year is Bo Nix, who basically got booed out of Auburn. I would think if you're a top three quarterback school, you could have gotten better than Bo Nix in the portal this year, but that's just me. Well, uh, uh, hang on a second. Bo Nix booed by Auburn fans. You got to remember Auburn fans, right? They have done some crazy things recently specifically at the head coaching position all right so keep that in context uh running back U is alabama bama one wisconsin two lsu three miami four oklahoma five hmm who was one 
Number one was Alabama. Yeah. Yeah, they can probably make a claim on almost all of the positions, at least uh, over the yeah, last well, decade. Let, let me read the rest. Okay. Wide receiver U is USC. <laughs> USC 1, LSU 2, Alabama 3, OU 4, Ohio State 5. I'm shocked Alabama's not one at that one. I guess that's maybe just more <laughs> recent. Right. Um, tight end U is Miami. Uh, OU is the tight end U for the Big 12 is what Iowa. it says. Uh, tight end Iowa was number two. Yeah. yeah. Miami was one. Iowa was two. But Iowa's had a good run of them the past eight years or so. For sure. Uh, O-line U is Alabama. Alabama yep. one, Wisconsin two, Ohio State three, OU four, and Michigan five. We can run down the defense at some time, at some point next hour. But OU made the list, the top five, for every single offensive position outside of tight end. And we know how good the tight end play has been here at times. Yeah, it has been. It, it really has. All right, uh, quick timeout, late for one. More from the rush coming up. We'll wrap hour number two up next. It is the Rush live on the ref for the home of Sooner fans. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. I'm at Windstar World Casino today where they now have over 10,000 games. These were added in an expansion to their Rome Gaming Plaza, and that expanded portion of the plaza is now non-smoking. The expanded portion also includes a new restaurant and a new bar, a ton of exciting new amenities here at the Windstar World Casino. Go check out the golf course as well. I've been out here. Uh, basically since about 8 a.m. this morning. It's been a long but fun day here at Windstar World Casino. Uh, let me read this tweet by Moses Madu, former OU running back yeah. under Kale Gundy. Not worried about what anybody has to say or think. At OU Coach Gundy, I love you. Know what type of man you are, and I'm always going to have your back. Hashtag Boomer. So you mentioned this earlier, and there's been a ton of former players that have had statements, Teddy. Joe Mixon, Samaj P. Ryan, Rodney Anderson, Moses Madu, Paul Thompson, Nick Anderson, Nick Anderson, Dimitri Flowers, and all of them have sounded very similar. That they know what kind of man he is, and they they've got uh, Coach Gundy's back. It I, sounds like you say the same thing as well. Well, I mean, I'm just listening to those guys. Like, you know, I've. But said my history with Kill Gundy has has been nothing but exemplary for for what a, you would expect of a, a Division One football coach. Outstanding. His um, you know his track record speaks for itself. What his former players are saying publicly about him um, speaks for itself. So yeah, and that's why I say that you know at the same time I understand what's gone on and what went down and how it went down. I understand that, but it also doesn't change my opinion at all for the, with the character for, for coach Gundy. Yeah. Uh, How much say will LaDamian Washington have during game planning? How much experience does he bring to the table in terms of experience? Not a whole lot. I believe he's just 31 years old. But how much say will he have during game planning now that he's basically gotten this role in the third practice during training camp? Well, I, I mean, I would say that he'd have the exact amount as any wide receiver coach would in if Jeff Lebby was offensive coordinator. I mean, there's, I mean, 
Kel Gundy has extensive experience in college football, and I'm sure there's things that he could offer up, perhaps. But you know, I don't, I don't think it's going to be. And I don't mean this at all to suggest that losing Coach Gundy isn't substantial. But I, I just, I don't think it's going to affect game plan or preparation. Or anything. I mean, I think that we'll be able to adapt and overcome. Just like whenever we lose a great player, you know, you you roll on and you fill that void. Yeah. Um, 580, one one more text before we hit a break. Are the fans about to turn against Joe C? Nobody thinks this decision came from Coach V. Nobody does? You sure about that one? No, the fans are not about to turn against Joe C. Uh, you know, I don't think anyone's turning against Joe C. And I don't think anyone's turning against Coach Venables. But there is and has been for some time people that do not like the politics of the university. And that n- doesn't necessarily have any... Uh, impact as to what went on here so i mean that's just that's just how that thing's going to be all right quick time out more from the rush coming up we got the final hour next